Hi, friends. This is part two of the Megan and Harry Oprah Winfrey interview. Uh, we really got into it uh, with our bonus episode, so we decided to turn it into two episodes. If you haven't listened to part one yet, stop this right here. Go back one episode, listen to part one, and then rejoin us for part two, which starts right now. And so at the same time, though, they, they say there's not going to be a title for this child and this child's not going to receive security either, which is crazy. Yeah. It's great. Like this child is going to have so many people around it. That's no fault of his or her own, but has everything to do with this family working their absolute darndest to contain, con- contain the amount of power that they have and keep it. Yeah. And so that's your responsibility. Like the taxpayer's, pay for you to have this status like it's your responsibility to provide security for this risk that you force your family to endure whatever it's crazy it, it's just insane oprah's eyes popped out of her head in the words of louis yeah <laughs> her eyes popped right out of her, right head, of her head on that one and she was like her reaction was so good yeah she she did it in a way that she reacted in such that like it was she was processing it. You could tell she had never heard it, that before. Right. You can't fake that reaction. But she also did it to where her audience was captivated by it and she moved on relatively quickly. She did. And I actually really appreciate Oprah as a black woman being really just unapologetically and frankly appalled by this behavior. Right. I really appreciated her doing that and and having that time and that moment to do it because she deserves to. She's really well dealt said. with a lot of that kind of stuff herself in her own life. And I am glad that she took the time to do that and that it was in there for us to see because it, it should be appalling to everybody. And I'm so glad that even the host was appalled by that. That was really, really well said, Beth. So um, Megan says she doesn't care about the grandeur of it. Like she doesn't care if her kid is a prince or a princess. Um, and I totally get what she's saying here, but this was hard to communicate. And I could tell it was hard for her to communicate because it doesn't necessarily make sense, like coming out of your mouth. But it's hard to know that the first, like for her, she's saying it's hard to know that the first grandchild of color wouldn't be titled. Yes. Like it does. It just hurts. It's like, yes, I, it's not that I'm so desperate for my kid to be a prince, but it just hurts my feelings that be like, this is the first grandchild who also happens to be mixed race that you're not going to title and you're breaking protocol to do it. You're going out of your way not to title him. And the only reason I can figure is because he's mixed race. I don't know why else there was would be no, doing it. They've asked for, they asked that for reasoning and they mean. didn't get it. Yeah. It's it, it, that is hurtful. Like I get what she's saying there and it wasn't an easy thing to communicate because it does make it sound like you care about a title, but I totally know what she was saying. And so, yeah, there I had that one locked up. Um, so anyway, Another thing was Megan and Harry did not take this famous picture of when you have your baby and like Diana and Charles did it and Kate and William did it. And you're supposed to be holding the baby. The mom is holding the baby and looking down at it and the dad's standing lovingly by and they didn't do it. And the media said like, here goes Megan again, not doing the things she's supposed to be doing. She won't let us get a picture of Archie. And that was because Archie cannot be a prince. And that famous picture is only for babies that are like princes so it wasn't even and this was again where the family wouldn't step out and say no let's not confuse things archie's not a prince and therefore he's not allowed to have this picture they let megan take the fall yes imagine like (sighs) and she's like nobody nobody asked us to take that picture and and here's why what percentage of this interview do you think is for archie to watch in 20 years because it will he'll be the first the first one we know about that's born legitimately in Buckingham Palace that will not get a title. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think only time will tell. Like, I I know, I'm sure that like watching them, I think that they are, they work really hard to make like good choices, you know, with the world watching you that that would not yeah. be easy. And it seems like they were really thoughtful about what they decide to do. So I'm sure that's something 
that's somewhere in their thinking. But at the same time, I think that they're also in this place where their back's against a wall because they have, through no fault of their own, insanely expensive lives. They have to have 24-7 security all the time wherever they go. And it's incredibly expensive. They have to, you know, live on a large property so that they can be kept away from cameras, which is expensive. I think that they are making their moves to try to make it so that they can make money too. Like they have to, I could be wrong, but they have to come out and say, this isn't, you know, we, there's no reason to paint us in this bad light and here, let us show you, like you can keep us painted in a good light. We're still human beings because they're, promoting a podcast now and they are going to be on other TV stuff again and she can't remain a villain for this these things to be successful it'd be great for them to do more interviews where they get paid like they have to make money they're living off his his inheritance from his mom yeah like i don't think that we can understand how expensive every day of their no, life yeah, is no yeah no for sure for sure so part of me thinks like that's might be part of it and i am fully speculating and could be wrong, but but it is. I am right that they do have to make a considerable I mean, amount of money. And Harry just did James Corden a few weeks ago. Did you see he did like they did bus top karaoke, kind of? Not oh really no, karaoke. I didn't see it. it That's was, a good idea. They were on the top of like a tour bus. That's and he, a and really James, good idea. They pulled up to the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the house that they filmed like mm-hmm. the outside, mm-hmm. and he went and knocked on the door, and people live there. Oh wow! And he was like, "This is Prince Harry. I think he should buy your house, so he can actually be the Fresh Prince." Of Bel Air. Oh my gosh. Isn't that good? so funny. It's really good. You should go. It's called, um, it's called, just go find James Corden. Google him. He's got a show on CBS and. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could just Google James Corden. Just, his name is James Prince, Corden. Prince Harry. And just Google that plus Prince Harry and I'm sure you'll find it. It's the interwebs. Yeah, it might come up. It might be the first thing on Google. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. um, So fully speculation on my part, but right. I, I think it's like. I think you're right. And I think there might be a pressing element too of like, they're really in uncharted territory, right? Like they've got to figure this out and they've got to figure it out. They have to make their own money now. I mean, she can go back to suits. I would love it. Suits is over. I know, but they'll reboot it for Megan. (laughs) It would do well again. It would do well. And have Harry be Mike. He's probably not a good actor, but hey. I was fully expecting Mike to She's walk. Like, I was fully expecting the Queen's orders. I'm not allowed to kiss anybody but my husband now. When I was watching it over my lunch break today, I was like, "How great would it be if Mike came in, sat down, and said, I want to talk. I can be your attorney. I can get your. I can make your kid a prince.'" <laughs> and then Harvey comes. He's like, "You can't do that. Shut up, Mike." And Mike's like, "Just because you taught me everything doesn't mean you're smarter than me." Yeah, that was what. That's kind of how I saw it going. Yeah, I think you could have written that show. Okay, so. Oprah asks why she personally, Megan personally thinks that they don't want to make Archie a prince. And Megan says that there were conversations around his skin tone and that, and Megan looks really uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. Like she. Super uncomfortable. This would just be like painful to talk about as a mom, but also like, this is one of those things that like, you don't want to have to say is actually happening Mm because it's, it's like something you wish wasn't real. So um, she talks about like how the Commonwealth actually has more people of color in it overall than, you know, white people and representation is so important. And this was an opportunity for the family that would have been great. Like they could have like people in the Commonwealth could actually see the family embrace somebody that looks like them. And um, now we have like unrelenting tabloid pressure and races lots of racism in the media and online against Megan. And this is the point where she tells Harry that she has been having suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and that she feels like it would be better if she wasn't here. And she wants she doesn't want to be alive. And this is after months of isolation and loneliness and just but it's like a lot. And let's take a minute to not even think about I think I think what also what else she's thinking about is the picture she paints of like 
how every this is your life and she knew she knew that she was willing to give service to her life to her service to this and and to help people but like her entire her entire life is that she's seeing this is this is the rest of my life mm-hmm. the rest of my life is i have to i'm being to, i haven't left the house in 2 months and i'm being told to lay low because i'm getting so much media attention or whatever it is. like I think she's seen, she doesn't see any light at the end of the tunnel and then that equals no hope. Mm-hmm. So then that equals what's the point? And I can totally like, I, and they said this in the, in the interview, like quarantine helps you put that in, in perspective. Mm-hmm. And if everybody, I, like <laughs> if everybody had to live in quarantine forever, like people would be having those thoughts. Right. And so her situation is magnified by a million. I'm not saying that it's close to it, but. Like I completely sympathize with her. I completely bought Mm -hmm. that. I didn't Mm -hmm. think there are some parts of the interview where I'm like, you're out to spill tea and you're out to turn a knife and I'm fine with it. You should, Mm -hmm. you were screwed. You don't give that kid, you don't give that kid title and status because he's mixed race. Mm -hmm. Go after him and you don't get security. They're putting your livelihood at risk. You're putting your life's at risk. Fine. Mm -hmm. But this part, I was like, this is completely genuine. And it, and it, yeah. and it, I think it's all genuine, but I think like this part really is the dagger. Yeah. I think there were parts where you could tell like she was expressing something that had been built up and this was just, this part was really hard to talk about. And I thought like she was really brave for sharing this and I'm Agreed. glad that she said she said all the things that are real. She felt ashamed to admit this. It was hard to do it. It took a ton of courage. Right. But she did it. And I'm so glad that she shared those things because all of those things are true. Like it is not easy to admit when you are feeling so sad that you think you need help. Yeah. And people don't want, nobody wants to say that. We, we no. want to be self-sufficient, especially as adults. And, I think to that point, and this is just a moment, um, like I've talked about this podcast before, but my mom, my mom's life ended because of suicide and she didn't tell anybody, she never talked about it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And every year on her, on the day that she died, I do a post and I try to conclude it by saying something like you matter. And if you feel this way ever, if you ever feel this way, you have to tell somebody because if you, you tell somebody the i the chances that it actually happens go down so i've read i've read almost everything you can read on this topic and the the, it, the just telling somebody not only mm-hmm. does it give somebody in the world knows what you're thinking about but the fact that you are you've verbalized it makes it more real than you actually do in the act then mm-hmm. like if you don't verbalize it there's a high probability you just do it mm-hmm. and that's it and so you know just like when megan's talking about that the 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 being scared and being ashamed. Like it's such a normal human feeling Mm -hmm. to feel that way. But if you do feel sad and you have these thoughts, you, you have to tell someone you have to. Right. And if you are a person that somebody ever tells, it is your responsibility to make sure that they get the help they need. It is. You do not take something like that lightly. Take it extremely seriously and you help them get the help they need. Yeah. And there's also like, like they're doing, we are encouraged all over the place. You hear people encouraging people to reach yep. out for help. Yep. And so everybody else, there is a counter side to that, right? If you're the person that somebody tells you, you help them. Yep. And even if it's like, here's the other nice thing about the day we live in is there's, um, you know, like if you just type in like suicide hotline on online, you can call a number or you can chat online with somebody who's who's like trained to talk to you yeah. that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And you could just get it out and just chat with someone. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't really, I've never, I've, I don't know what happens, but I just know that you, that's something too. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't say it or you can't tell your best friend. Right. So anyway, I'm just saying I can, I totally, ident- when she said that man, it was just, it was just so gutting to hear her articulate that and how hard it was for her. And Harry later on said he was ashamed too to mm-hmm. say anything. Mm-hmm. But the worst, the worst part of that is there is the family's response to what, what she said. Right. And this is why there's a lot of shame and stigma around this still. So she does this really hard thing and she tells her husband and then she goes to the institution and she does this other hard thing and she says, I need help. 
Yeah. My mental state is really bad. I'm not okay. I have to go somewhere, please. And they say no. So she goes to HR and HR says, I'm sorry, you're not a paid member of the royal family. And I'm like, yeah, they never paid her. I'm just like, that's insane. That's insane. The amount of work that she did was for free. That's crazy. That's that's literally (sighs) nuts. But so they tell her there's nothing they can do to protect her because of that. And I'm like, look, the president of the United States works an ungodly amount of hours for and and the stress and all the things that they take on for the amount of money they make it's not not worth it, it. not worth it no it's like four hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah but we pay them pay her fifty thousand dollars to put her on the staff or whatever i mean my word the president does it for a menial amount of money for the work that they do pay somebody like this a menial amount of money if that's all you can quote unquote afford yeah to make it right yeah the fact that the HR the HR could say, no, oh, we sympathize, we get it. Oh, I've watched all this happen to you. It's so sad. You're you're thinking about harming yourself. Can't help because you're not paid. That's insane. That's just there's so many there's there's so many levels that are that are wrong and amiss here. You took someone's liberties and freedom and rights away to advocate for themselves, but then when they come to you and need your help, you won't do it. Right. It would bring what? What was the actual terminology? They said it would bring bad press. Yeah, they said it would be. It won't look good. Yeah, for the but institution. I think that's what they said. It won't look good. Yeah, which in other words is like bad press. It's like she has nothing but bad press. What are you talking about? This this seems like it would be wonderful for you because you guys haven't done a, lifted a finger to stop any of the bad press that she has. She's had nothing but bad press. So this actually seems in your genre. In your wheelhouse. No, you're fine with people making racist remarks, of, but if it comes to her mental state, now that's going too far. Whatever. Bonkers. It's, it's, Abolish the monarchy. I'm starting this the hashtag. This is just another really cruel thing. It's where you can't stand up to racism, but you also won't advocate for somebody's mental health. Right. These are two huge issues that have been out there for a very long time, and people have been saying that we need to change these things. You're not going to tell me you're not in the know. You're not going to tell me you didn't know the right thing to do here. Yeah. You knew you chose not to do it twice. The thing I saw a tweet last night after this aired, because this aired, what, like eight to 10 o'clock Eastern. So that would be like middle of the night in the UK, like four or five in the morning in the UK. Oh, man. And someone tweeted, <laughs> some, some black person tweeted, said, sleep well. He said, sleep well, British monarchy black black twitter's coming for you in the morning it was like a gif of some guy like dancing or whatever it was hilarious that's really funny but it's true it's like it's it's horrible Mm -hmm. this is this is this is really bad this is like yeah go ahead it is it's bad are we to the harry part when harry comes on not quite so um then she talks about this event they went to the very next day after they had these conversations about her not feeling like she same day it was the same day the very next day i think they talked about it in the morning there had been a day and then she said the next day oh, they did this okay. but maybe it was the same day i i may have written that down incorrectly um so either the same very the very same day or the next day and um this in this whole time is where she has tears in her eyes and so does oprah and it's really moving and and I just I'm so thankful that she shared this because this is not easy. And and she did not share this for herself. The easy thing to do would be to not talk about this. The self-preservation side of you would not talk about this because. Like she said, she was ashamed. It is hard to say this stuff to people. And she did it. And and I think there are countless people that she will help because she was brave enough to say right. this. And she said. Um, Harry said I just don't think that you can do this and she said I don't think I can be left alone yeah and she was too afraid of what she might do by herself that's bonkers man and so the very same day or the next day they go and she's just got a smile on her face and it like 
she talks about the dichotomy between like a friend seeing these photos and saying she looks amazing and so radiant and her looking at them and seeing them like clutching each other like white knuckled like right. it's just a lot it just right. feels like a lot right for a job that you like for harry was born into it and she came into it because of love like this isn't campaigning mm-hmm. you know to have this position or interviewing for mm-hmm. it like the pressure is insane and you didn't really want it so now oprah asks um how she feels about the palace like what's the palace going to think about this interview is she afraid of backlash and megan kind of says like she's not a, she chooses not to live in fear um and she says it just seems like that that they would expect that at some point she and Harry will have to stand up for themselves and counteract everything that's been put out there. Yeah. Like she just thinks that they wouldn't be surprised at some point they have to recognize this will happen, which I think she's like totally wrong about that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to be happy. And they, I think we're expecting that. No, they would not do this personally. Right. <laughs> just based on like oh, when yeah, Harry comes pissed. when Harry comes out later and he's like nobody would ever say anything and we're all trapped and this is the life we were we were born into slavery essentially. Yeah. We're we are prisoners and of he, the he of says, the monarchy. He says his dad and his brother are completely trapped. Right. So They're, they so can't, I was like they can't go anywhere, they can't do anything. I was like you think that because you weren't born into a royal family and you married into it and you were raised in a place where you could advocate for yourself and stand up for yourself and you have every light, right to do that. Right. And, you know, I don't think that the palace expected you to do this. The palace, whoever he or she or they are, because nobody knows what that means exactly. Um, so that's when they, right in this time, like they change their status and they were in Canada and the institution takes away their security and they step down and they decide to leave um, because they couldn't get any help. Yeah. So they step away as senior members, which other people have done and, but that doesn't really work for them. No, they, they said we want to still stay on part time or we want to be able to like, do you think we want to be a part of the family, but just, we can't, we want to get some yes. space. Well, they wanted to try to, from what I understand, it seems like they wanted to try to help the family as best they could, but they were also trying to say, we're getting a lot of really bad backlash, so we're trying to like protect ourselves, so we're still here for you guys. We want to help. Like, What can we do? And it's just like not a lot of... This is where I'd love to have somebody else talk on the other side, because yeah. it's like they're saying... We were I was like, are you talking to me? No, 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 no. <laughs> somebody from yeah, somebody from the monarchy or the institution or the palace, you know. Yeah. Um they're talking about this because they're basically saying we were willing to bend any which way as long as we could get a little help. Right. And it was like, no, you're not getting any help, essentially. They they yeah, they like basically said like we want to be a part of it. They're like, nope, you can basically bounce. Yeah. Essentially. Right. But then they made it all, they made it out to seem like that they just said, we're out of here. That yeah, that was where I, the media took it. Exactly. And yeah. that's, they're like, this is not what we wanted. We, we wanted space. We wanted some, we need, we, for our, for Megan's and my mental, Harry's this, for our mental and our physical safety, we had to get out of that space. Right. And so we just said, we just need, we need to step away. We need to get some space. We'll go to Canada. We'll go to a, we'll go to a colony whatever they call them. What's the a word? A commonwealth. A commonwealth. We'll go to one of those commonwealths. And they basically said, nope. Well, like, they did allow in, them to out. go, but but yeah, exactly. Like, and then they, they took their away security. their security. Yeah. So it's it's a major thumb on you. Like, yeah. It, it, and it does get all the way that. You're in or you're out. Um, so in January 2020, they announced that they're stepping down, which they had been in communications with the family before that. And they decided to leave because they'd been asking for help and couldn't get it. So they thought that they thought they could just step back as senior members, but eventually they have to just fully leave. Right. Um, and they they 
squash the whole idea that the queen was blindsided and didn't see this coming, which I totally believe. I do not think that Harry thought, you know what I'm going to do? Let's not tell my grandma and let's just, I know let's just put yep. it in the, like, he's but not. his dad did not take well to, to it. No. Right. And he right. even says like when, when they're asking Harry about it, is your dad taking your calls now? And he's like, yeah, now he's taking my calls, but it, right. it was a long pause. Harry looked very uncomfortable for a lot of his interview. Yeah. This was not easy for him. And you know what I really found interesting? I appreciated the things that he said about how he's learning and he's learned a lot from Megan and he had, there's a lot of things he hadn't thought about. And now he's been thinking about them and growing and learning and I really think that we're going to continue to see the evolution of Harry and he's going to look really different than his family in the next yeah. 10 years. Um, and, and in five years from now, he's not going to really say things the way that he said them in this interview. Yeah. He's still very much like, you know, one foot in, one foot out. He's like he's, so he's, he's like, very like protecting of the family still. He can't just fully say right. this is wrong. Yep. He can't call him racist yet. He can't. And and I get it. And like I I Who can call their family racist though? It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. And it's not even that that I'm trying to say, but what I'm saying is like I feel like we're in the middle of watching somebody change and learn and grow. And this is something that we're asking a lot of people to do. And we need to have the patience right, and the grace to let that process happen. Right. Because we don't all just wake up one day and say like, I've been an idiot my whole life and I'm stupid and I suck. You know, right. it's a process of learning to be like, oh, I really think I was wrong here. And you can see him doing that. Right. And you can tell that he's not there. Yep. And but he, he's getting there. And he's like so many Americans who have in the last, the George Floyd, George, like this past summer, but before George Floyd for a lot of us who are like, there's, there's, we haven't arrived. Like we were taught we've, we, we tackled civil rights in the 1960s and now we're good. That's how, that's how you and I were raised to learn. That's what we were told. And I was barely taught a thing about civil yeah, rights. Exactly. Truthfully. And, and so even in college though, I was taught basically like, Things are better than they were. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. And they're not good at all. I don't ever remember really being taught about civil rights. That's not true. Much. I don't think our high school taught us about civil rights ever. No. It was like, <laughs> and then the civil rights movement was happened, but let's, okay, guy, everybody skip 50 pages. Right. And now, 1981. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think Harry's just at a place where a lot of us probably were like two or three years ago where we were like, or like just not me personally but like most people were like in the last two years like holy crap like this this isn't like i thought it was well i don't necessarily think that he's in that place personally but i think he doesn't like publicly i don't think he knows exactly how yeah. to navigate this still and he's even what he did say was probably too definitely too much oh yeah a hundred percent a thousand percent too much but for us as Americans, we're like, that's not enough. You didn't say enough. Your wife right. is mixed race. Like your son is mixed race. Like you need to say more. And he, that's where I'm saying he's getting there. He's learning how to navigate this. And we're going to see him do a lot better job of that. Yeah. And I just appreciated the realness of that and seeing that. And I, and the hopefulness because it's like, I feel like Harry is going to yeah. keep going. 100%. And he is, you know. Together, I think they can do some really cool things. And I've been shady about them, so that's nice of me. Like, I'm not, I haven't been the biggest Harry and Meghan fans. I mean, Oprah said in the beginning of this interview, like she, she said this morning on CBS, she said, my goal was to answer one question, why did they leave? And I think the interview did that. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, 100%. I fully easily, understand why they left. Easily the interview did that. Yes, yes, yes. And like you said earlier, like Oprah really drills in on Harry about the way that Megan was feeling suicidal and right. having, you know, really dark thoughts. And he's, he was going to his own really dark place and, and he has to deal with his like sort of complicitness in this. And yeah. he was afraid to ask his family. He did not want to go to his family and say, my wife can't handle this. Yeah. Is what, how I took it. Yeah. He didn't want to say my wife is having suicidal thoughts. Right. In his words, that was not a conversation to be had. And now seeing him reflect, you can tell that he's like, 
there were there has to be people in my family who have dealt with this right this actual like terrible mental health but nobody can talk about it right and um i appreciated him owning that and saying like i had my own shame in it and i didn't advocate for my wife the way that i should have i'm a big hairy guy <laughs> big hairy guy very very i'd love very to hang out so. with him um and so this is the other part where he said like something that was really painful for him was his family didn't step up and defend Megan with her um, race and against all the racism that she was dealing with. Yes. And 72 members of parliament did on both sides. Yeah. Made a statement to say that this was disgusting essentially. And not one person in his family would make a statement. Because, because there was a lot of really bad, uh, press like overtly racist press about her and like, like overtly racist not just press but like the trolls online like every yes. it was just relentless about like they were calling her like gangster yeah. and stuff even it's just yeah. nuts and um uh not one of his family members said anything and he, this is where he kind of alludes to the fact that like his family members are sort of controlled by the tabloids because they're all yeah. very, very fearful of bad press. And, and, and Oprah's like, why? They're the queen. They're yes, the royal family. And he goes, yes. this goes back generations, yo. He's like, you don't understand. Like this goes back generations. If we keep the if we keep the tabloids happy, that keeps the public opinion of us high. Yes. And, and he was so right. But even still, I thought like this was such an American moment because even him saying that Oprah still didn't understand. No. Because for her, it's like, she's just like, but who's, who's feeding who? Right. You know, Oprah said like, but but like, there is no, there is no media coverage without you. So you do have leverage. Right. And, and he just really doesn't think they do like that. None of them are perceived that way. Like the fact that they host, I, he said at Christmas time, or maybe maybe Megan said this. Megan said this. Maybe at Christmas time, the royal family hosts all these tabloids for a huge Christmas party. And I was likening this in my head to like the tabloids here, and no celebrity ever would be like, "Please let right. me help, so that you will kindly talk well about me." Right. Like, and so I can understand how Oprah was like, "This doesn't make any sense to me." Imagine being in that industry. Like your job is you're to just like, scum. you're the worst. You are the worst. You're the absolute worst. But, but we're the worst because we click on it. Yeah. I mean, I know it. it's, a si- it's a cycle of cyclical worstness. It is. It's a snowball effect. The only reason they're the worst is because we're the worst because we click on. Well, these without terrible... them, we wouldn't be bad. So they're worse than we are. They give us something to click on. They give us what we want. But they give us something to click on. Okay. Well, um, so this, this is where Harry talks about their Australian tour and how it brought back memories of his mom because Megan was like so wonderful with the people and really like she stepped into this role and was like amazing at it. And his mom was like that, like everybody right. loved her. Right. And I think that that is, I don't remember really seeing anything about Kate and William going on tours. Sure. And so it does kind of like seem that they have that connection there. And um, then Oprah asks, would you have ever stepped back if not for Megan? And he says no, because he never thought he could. Yeah. He didn't even realize. They're trapped, man. And They're he, like goldfish. He only realized that he could figure this out when he had no other choice. Like, it makes sense when you think about it. Like, you think it'd be so... You'd think as a kid, like, it'd be so cool to be a prince or a king or a queen or a princess, right? No, yeah. No, and, Disney, horrible. and Disney fantasizes the princess and prince mentality. Like, as kids, we're taught, like, these are the yeah. heroes, right? Yeah. Like, going to Disney, what's the first thing you see? I mean, even Princess, Jas- even princess Jasmine, it's, like, very, very clear that she doesn't have a lot of freedom or choice. And still, you're like, I'd love to be her. I mean, Rapunzel has no freedom. I think it's because we fantasize about wealth so much. I think so. There, That's a whole other podcast. Because... Like Disney shows like Jasmine trapped in her palace and we're like, but you have a tiger. Right. <laughs> and gold. And gold. So that would be awesome. And food when the street rats trying to just steal yeah, a piece of bread. 
Um, <laughs> Have but, you seen how many how many um, like police the street rat had to dodge for that apple? Yeah. The guy's just trying to eat. Um, <laughs> but but long story short, like you don't think about the fact that you literally cannot leave. You cannot leave. Yeah. You can't just go to lunch. You've you're you've been talked about too much in the press. Lie low. I haven't left though. I've been lying low. Yeah. No, the press is talking to you. You're you're way too. You need to just sit here for a long time. But you know what? I don't. The thing that really bothers me even more is that from a this is this is the whole God piece and the the lineage and the heritage and the bloodline is like since they were born they were taught like this is your duty because of who you are. They've never been told like. If you want, you have an opportunity to stay in the family business or do whatever when we love you and we will support you. I know. That's That's, not them. No, but it's because it's about like bloodline and this idea that they're born better. It's it's about dynasties and it's gross. It's It's gross. It's honestly very gross. The whole thing needs to go. It's so not 2021. It needs to. It's very, it's very 1776. (laughs) It's. I can't take credit for that because David, while we were doing this, he goes, I was right. And he sent me a tweet. Again, David Podowski, he's basically a member of this podcast. We're going to have him on in a couple of weeks again. But he sent me a a text during this uh, from a tweet from him from literally 2011 that says April 29th, 2011. He goes, the monarchy is so 1776 for Prince William's wedding. Yeah. For sure. And he goes, I was right before John Oliver is what he said to me. He's, oh, he's right. David. David, you're so right all the time. Except for when it comes to Italian stuff. So right. Prince Harry and Meghan basically wanted some freedom to pursue things that they want, but they didn't want to fam- abandon their family and their duties. And they feel a lot of responsibility there. You can tell. Like they really wanted to. They really wanted to do what they were supposed to do. Right. But. They feel they feel like they were left with no choice. Um, and so when they had to leave, poured their words, the family cut Harry off from any financial support, which he already had lost his security. Yep. And now they won't provide him with anything. Right. And he says the only reason he was able to afford security for them, which is fundamental, was because of what his mom had left him and that he thinks his mom saw this coming. That's deep, man. It's so sad, but it's so true. Anybody who lo- like reflects on her life can see that push against her success from the monarchy all yeah. the time, just trying to keep a thumb on her, keep her down. Even when she was doing wonderful, amazing things, they just didn't like her. No. Everybody knew that. It no. was so clear and apparent. And she knew the kind of stress that her kids would be under. And it's interesting. And he he talks about how he thinks his mom would be proud of him. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. She would be. She would totally be. She would 100% be. She would be living in LA with the two of them right now. And 100%. Helping. Like she would be the person in that family who's like, I will be here for She'd Archie. She'd probably marry Fabio. <laughs> Oh, just kidding. John Stamos. She'd marry John She'd Stamos. She'd probably marry Tyler Perry and <laughs> She'd marry John house. Stamos. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Are, are is there anything else you want to cover from the interview or is that the wrapping point? Um we're very close. So lastly, Oprah talks she wants to address Harry directly about the skin tone conversation regarding Archie before he was born right. and because that conversation happened between Harry and somebody else. And Harry will not talk about it. He has nothing to say about that conversation. He is at a, he he literally says, "I will not discuss this. I'm not comfortable with mm-hmm. it, and I won't even talk about it." Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of those things where, and I don't know because I'm not living in this, and I'm not the I'm not the parent to a mixed race child, but I'm seeing somebody who is mixed race as his mother talking about this because not because it's not painful, not because it's not hard, but because it's important that we know. And I think these are one of the things that we're going to see Harry grow in where he's going to find the language around this and say the things that are hard to say. But right now I think it's just, this is still too hard for him to process that somebody would have this kind of issue with his child. 
Totally. And he can't, I think he can't talk about it. He when, can't, he hasn't yet ever had to find the strength to defend that. Yeah. And I, I still think he might not know quite how to do that. And I really like as a couple, they have a lot of like grace and they play off each other's strong suits and it's lovely and beautiful and it seems very real and genuine. Um, But I just thought that that was really interesting because she had already talked about it and he wouldn't. And so it's like, we already kind of knew. Yeah. It's in the interview. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going there. Yeah. The the thing too that I th- I took away from this part of this when when he said that like he picks up Archie and puts him on his little seat bike. Yeah, it's so And cute. he rides around with him. He would him. never be able to do that. No, he said I'd never done that my whole life. He didn't do yeah. that. He never got to, he never got to ride around London no. pretending to be an airplane like he said his son would be behind him with his arms out they pretending can to just fly. just ride down to the beach. Yeah. And he was like my like he's like that's something that I I, I, I don't know how, like, he basically was like, I can't believe that I never got this opportunity as a kid. Yeah. And that was like, again, that's an eye opening moment for something that's very normal for you and me. Like I did that. I remember sitting on the back of my parents' bikes going for rides. Like my kids have been on the back of my bike going mm-hmm. for rides. Mm-hmm. Like it's just something that we take for granted as serfs and commoners. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's such, it's the, that's the beautiful part of life. The lowlies. Um, so now, since this interview, Harry and Meghan's titles have been removed. Even Harry's military titles have been returned to the queen. <laughs> and so she can give them to somebody I else. I put them in my drawer. She's like, Harry, do send them over quickly, my love. They've got to go back in the docket. And I'll be giving them out to somebody else. The next young child. It's like he, he did actually do those yeah, things. So why do them. they need to be? Yeah. Like, so Harry's not a prince anymore. I guess not. And they're, yeah, they're like totally cut off from the family as like far as financially, which they have been, but that's all been finalized. And that is ultimately the queen's decision. And he respects his grandma's decision. Oprah asks if they have any regrets. Harry has none. And Megan has, has one, one regret. Final act. She, this is, this is her little knife twist right here. This is, the knife twist. This, this is not. She says, I regret believing that they would have protected me. Yeah. I was like, oh, so that's not a regret, really. Right. <laughs> that's just them messing up again. Right. Um, so anyway, um, overall, like what were some things that like stood out to you in this? I mean, I think I so I think we've got to talk about a lot what stood out to us. I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from it is that I'm relieved that we're not the only racist country in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, that helps. That's you know what I good. said? I said that to Luke and he said, I said, so Luke, our friend that we've referenced here, our one British friend that we have, um, he said, what do you think, mate? We invented America. It's oh, <laughs> so right. So true. Um, but what I really took away from it was, I mean, the suicide thing was big. And I think that's a, that can anybody that hears that, that their life is saved from it is worth the interview. Mm-hmm. Um. I got a better sense of like why they left and I got a better sense of kind of what they dealt with and what people in the royal family deal with mm-hmm. They're It's incredible. The whole thing is the only reason why they're here is because Meghan Markle's mixed race. That's it. That's it. That's the only, in my opinion, she's like die and she's mm-hmm. more outspoken and she does things her own way, mm-hmm. but she's mixed race. That's what I took away. And then I also took away a sense of like, if you listen to conservative Twitter today and conservative, not Twitter, conservative people, pundits were all bashing her yeah and i want to play this clip from megan kelly real quick uh-huh that megan kelly used to be a fox anchor she was a big deal she quit she went head to head with trump she left fox news and she didn't like the way that no. trump treated her as a woman nope and she left fox news went to nbc mm-hmm. didn't make it she interviewed people like alex jones mm-hmm. and nbc paid her 30 million dollars to leave mm-hmm. like two years after hiring her and now she's a trump supporter again Oh my word. But I think we should listen to this really quick because I think this this help paints the picture of like this happens and everybody can see if you don't you have two eyes you can see this for what it is but people will still find ways to keep this race ra- keep racism alive. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. But what I saw tonight was somebody who is totally unself-aware. I mean completely unaware of how she sounded, right? Like 
I, I wasn't planning on saying anything shocking, except for my husband's racist family almost drove me to suicidal thoughts while I was pregnant with my baby. Um, and by the way, I, I had no idea what the internet said about Harry. Nobody believes that. And I, I thought meeting the queen was gonna be just like meeting a celebrity in Los Angeles, like, like meeting a Kris Jenner, right? Like nobody believes that. Then she goes on to say like, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in any of the grandeur, you know, there's an article already up in the New York Post here in the States saying, this is the person who had Clooney and Oprah at her wedding, even though she didn't even know them, and then covered herself in blood diamonds from the Saudi prince. So like spare us that you're not into any of the grandeur. And then while she's spinning this tale about how tough she had it in the castle, how lonely she was in the castle, um, she's, she's painting herself in sort of these adorations. Like I, I'm, it was incredibly courageous of me to come forward about my depression and I just love saving things. And it was like, it was just peppered with these compliments of herself while she was making these complaints that will be totally unrelatable to 99% of the people out there. So what what do you think of that? I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm just, it's just. It's interesting because before we were going to interject this clip, I was going to say what discourages me about this interview is how the press has already started really, you know, thinking about her ulterior motives. And right. Specifically because we demonize and tear down women constantly. Mm-hmm. We have an obsession with it. And we cannot help it. I, it just makes me sad to hear her say all those things when they don't even make sense. Like none of it makes sense. She didn't say, she, Megan never said like, you should think I'm courageous because I'm telling you about the fact that I had suicidal thoughts. And then Megan Kelly literally says she said that. I know. Like, it's so wrong and it's not accurate and it's it's spinning this narrative that is Megan Kelly's narrative and she's saying it as fact. And like, oh, you were lonely in a castle, right? Because you can't be lonely if you live in a nice place. You can't feel isolated. I know. It's just, it's so irritating and frustrating and I'm just sick of it. And here we actually have a chance for somebody to do something good in an institution that I think is overall really harmful and damaging to the people that are in it and to the people outside of it. And here we have like somebody who's like willing to sort of shine a spotlight from the inside out. And then we have people like Megan Kelly who are want to destroy that for what? I know. What are you protecting? What do you need to, why well, do you need to you destroy know what she's this? protecting? What? She's protecting. Conservatives? She's- Conservatives Americans? Because we aren't British. What's, it's, it's what race. is the deal? Listen, what she did was she even said, she even said my husband's racist family. She admitted that that was a true thing. Yeah. But she took apart every other piece of Megan to discredit her. Right. And to make her sound nuts. Which makes, like the, the, the story here is that Archie was not given status because he is mixed race. Megan was not given, Megan Markle was not given money because she was mixed race. Or protection. Or protection. Right. That's the story. She was like thrown to the wolves intentionally. That's what's going on here. Yeah. And then the tabloids went after her because of race and and the the palace did nothing. So that's the story. Mm -hmm. What Megan does here and this is and then you see Charlie Kirk who I'm not going to even I'm not even going to give him any airtime because he is insane. He's the he's very alt-right big Trump person. He ripped her apart too. You see people that are prote- that are trying to protect conservatives in this country who do believe that the white person is being forgotten. Mm-hmm. They uh, they discredit all kinds of rightly like people. Like there are sitting senators today that have said in the last two weeks that racism isn't an issue in America. It's insane. Sitting senators, Scott from Florida said it. So that's what's happening here, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I think it's just mad props to Markle and Harry for doing this, Megan and Harry for for doing it and saying what they saying what they feel. Um, you should watch the whole interview. It's worth two hours. It'll go by really fast. Yeah, for sure. And I think we should end today. If you have anything else you want to, are you good or anything else you want to add? No. I think we should end today with a clip from Diana's interview. The big interview she gave. It's like a minute 40 of oh. why we, why she thinks that she was never really accepted. 
That'd be great. Really quick before we go. Yeah. What was your favorite thing that they said Archie says these days? Because he's like almost <laughs> two and they were all hydrate. really cute. Hydrate. I thought he, I thought it was when you leave, he says drive safe. Drive safe. <laughs> <laughs> I think hydrate's good because I mean, hydrate, I don't ha- I, know. I have an app on my phone that helps me hydrate now. I need I'm drinking to hide- more water. It's such a, you can tell he has a British dad, right? Yeah. I really need to hydrate. I need to hydrate. So cute. All right, friends. Thank you for listening. We are going to... Beth, great job leading us through this one. Thank you. Really appreciated it. Thank you. Uh, We are going to uh, end this episode with the voice of Princess Di. Do you think you will ever be queen? No, I don't. No. Why do you think that? I'd like to be a queen of people's hearts in people's hearts, but I don't see myself being queen of this country. I don't think many people would want me to be queen, actually. When I say many people, I mean the establishment that I'm married into because they've decided that I'm a non-starter. Why do you think they've decided that? Because I do things differently. Because I don't go by a rule book. Because I lead from the heart, not the head. And albeit that's got me into trouble in my work, I understand that. But someone's got to go out there and love people and show it. And do you think that because of the way you behave, that's precluded you effectively from becoming queen? Yes, I, well, not precluded me. I wouldn't say that. Um, I just don't think I have as many supporters in that environment than I did. Than I did. Yeah. You mean within the royal household? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They see me as a, a threat of some kind. And I'm here to do good. I'm not a destructive person. Why do they see you as a threat? I think every strong woman in history has had to walk down a similar path. And I think it's the strength that causes the confusion and the fear. Why is she strong? Where does she get it from? Where is she taking it? Where is she going to use it? Why do the public still support her? When I say public, you go into an engagement and there's a great many people there 